Is up, Fogging. Welcome everyone to the Kicking It with the Hicks podcast, episode five. Uh, we just recently discovered that we have 23 overall plays on Spotify and Anchor combined. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Yeah, we couldn't thank y'all enough. I mean, this podcast is already booming, and we appreciate it. Like we said in our trailer, we're just some small town boys trying to get our word out. That's what we're trying to do. You guys are making it happen. Again, hopefully we can invite one of you guys on the podcast. Seriously, let us know if you want to come up onto the podcast, and we would love to hear your opinions on some of the crap we talk about. Yep. But let's jump into it. So there's been some news and stuff like that. Me and Braden were kind of putting our head together, trying to figure out what we want to talk about in this podcast, but there's really not a lot going on right now. But we seem to really like the conspiracy theories because it makes our head kind of think a little more than what we should. Yeah, food for thought. (laughs) Yeah, and so there's a couple, but before we jump into those, I'd just like to share uh, this day in history, something that happened today. On May 15th, 1948, hours after declaring its independence, the new state of Israel was attacked by Transjordan, Egypt. Syria, Iraq, and Libya on this date in 1862, President Abraham Lincoln signed an act establishing the Department of Agriculture. So we have some two pretty big things that happened. Yeah. The Abraham Lincoln one. Freaking signing the Department of Agriculture. That basically runs every freaking farm. And the United States of America. What's in that ass? But I know you got some news, so you want to kick it off? Uh, well, I would, but I don't want the podcast to end. If well, let's let's just see if it'll let me. If not, then we can start the podcast back up again all right you still hear me good yep all right wasn't there a news article you wanted to talk about while i find this article um i'll talk about a quick urban legend of idaho all right so uh We were, as we were doing our thing, trying to look up stuff for our podcast and stuff like that, I come across, we're from Idaho, we're from southeast Idaho, which is Mm -hmm. near the Nevada and Utah border. We're in, we're more. Okay, they get it. Whatever. (laughs) We're near Utah. And so they're they're saying that the urban legend of Idaho is what it's called. Uh, 
To many, Idaho is simply an urban legend, much like the idea that the Earth is round. In fact, the general consensus of outsiders is that Idaho was put on the map because cartographers needed a barrier to separate Utah from Canada and Montana from Washington, or vice versa. Yep, sure enough, kick me out. Go figure. Yeah, this... So, it cuts or whatever people listening, you'll know why. Um, I usually write stuff down, but I just didn't really think about it this time, and I tried to look it up on my phone, and my phone's retarded and likes to shut down apps. The but glory. Did you finish talking about the urban legend, or do you want to keep going on it? Yeah, I just finished it up as soon as the call ended. Okay. Um. Yeah, I couldn't really look up the article. All I really know is, excuse me, NASA is wanting to, or uh, Trump. Oh, Trump wanted to expand. It's. Pentagon Pentagon admits it's building hypersonic weapons after Trump tease. They're pretty much uh, saying that, you know, North Korea and Russia, well, not really North Korea, but Russia and China has uh, done this way before. Like they built these type of weapons way before uh, the United States has. And Trump was saying that we should have done this a long time ago. We should have been on it as soon as possible. But yeah, they're starting to uh, create more weaponry for our military. Which has been a long time coming. Yeah. And for you all who don't know what it is. It's called the United States Space Force. Which to me sounds badass. Mm-hmm. It's, a new, it's a new military. Which I'm sure is going to be exactly like the training for NASA and stuff like that. So. Oh, yeah. But that's something big that our badass president has just signed and released as of today. So what's your thoughts on it? I mean, you saw what happened. We were close to going to war with North Korea and they were talking about having all these uses of weaponry and uh, like what Trump was saying that China and Russia developed these weapons long before the United States has even thought about them. And for us to be finally jumping on board with it and for us just to create a new military really shows how powerful the United States can be. And after we really develop these pieces of weaponry, really doubt anyone is going to want to fuck with us. Well, here's the thing. United States is a powerhouse. Yep. We're the leader of the world. Mm-hmm. 
And as soon as one person tries to mess with the United States of America, you see what happens. Especially when a man like Trump in the office controls it. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome because he just does not give a flying fuck. Oh yeah. He he would he would jeopardize his job as president to make sure the US is safe. Which I love. Mm-hmm. He puts the US before himself and the American people before himself. Well, just like what I said in uh, the past episode about how he went into dangerous territory to go over to North Korea to shake Kim Jong-un's hand and also sign a peace treaty in person. You can really tell that he really cares about the American people and their well-being and not wanting to go into a war to save everyone's life. And you can really tell that, like you said, puts his country and just the American people before himself. No, I just got an update on some news, and I'm, Braden, I know you're going to like this. Tom McDonald, a Canadian rapper, had just hit 900,000 subscribers on YouTube as of five years ago. He put out on his Instagram saying, mind-blowing, thank you all Thank you all so much. We'll hit one million in no time. Someone tell YouTube to get the gold plaque ready for me. For real though. I never expected so many people would care about what I am doing. The fact that you guys are such a wonderful humans makes it even more special. You're truly one nine hundred thousand of the coolest people on the internet. I love you. Smash the link in my bio to subscribe. Let's break a million, baby. And that's exactly what I love about, you know, Tom McDonald. He is so much like Upchurch. He gives back to the fans. He isn't just sitting there like, you know, buy my shit. I can't guarantee if it's going to be good or not. No, he's always saying like. I put my heart and soul into this to make sure it's good. Well, not only that, like, he makes sure that most of his stuff is free. And I... Yeah, I saw that he hit 900,000 because I was actually listening to uh, one of my favorite songs that he put out called Blame the Rappers that I actually reacted to on my Truck Talks YouTube channel. And, you know, it's featuring Drax. And, I mean, I saw his subscriber count. And, I mean, I'm really happy for him because when I first found him out, he had about... 400,000 or 500,000 and I'm really glad to see him really rising up in the hip-hop industry because he really does put a lot of heart and soul into his music and also his girlfriend Nova she produces helps produce some music and helps shoot some music videos and she does an amazing job at it and they both work their ass off even at such a low budget like hell of it one of their one of his popular songs, uh, he only, they only paid like $400 to shoot there uh, in that studio for, and they only had like an hour to shoot it. And at such a low budget, I mean, the music video looks amazing. And, you know, I just give props to their hard work and dedication and just how far they've come 
and I really do think that they deserve the 900,000. And I really think they do deserve to shoot all the way up to a million. Oh, no doubt, dude. It this it's artists like him who I really like. Now, I'm not the biggest Tom McDonald fan, but he's a rap he's a rapper I can sit down and listen to and stuff like that. I enjoy he is one of my favorites. I love Tom McDonald. I enjoy his music thoroughly. And I like the message he puts out. Now, is it as artists I can listen to every day? It depends on the mood I am. How I found him is through sad rappers, and I listen to it, and I'm like, okay, this is putting out a really good message. I agree with him 100%. It's just yeah, like... I, I found him out by listening to White Boy because one of my buddies, uh, I was hanging out with him. His name's Kevin. Shout out to you, Kevin, if you are listening to this. He actually showed me a Tom McDonald's song, White Boy, and he was like, you need to listen to the song. I think you'd really like it, especially what you stand for and what you believe in. And so I listened to it, and I fell in love with it, and I just started listening to his other music, and I just really started loving him as a fan. And I started following him on social media, especially Facebook, I've watched his live streams and I just, I don't know. He's just awesome. And like I said, he's really shooting up in the industry. Dude, he's going to be beating g Easy, freaking ASAP Rocky. He's going to be beating these mumble rappers and these freaking crappy artists who can't freaking. Well, because people are actually going to see him for how he really is. People are actually going to sit down and listen to his music and understand that he actually comes from a point of view instead of all these rappers that are targeting depressed kids saying that they're depressed when in reality they're not. Tom McDonald really puts on your shoes, you know, has really like gone through the struggles and really like connect with the, certain demographic of people now i know tom talks about being someone who's gone through the struggle and stuff like that name a rapper who kind of preaches it but doesn't actually show it on like social media per se and stuff like that eminem yeah I'd say Dr. Dre. Yeah. Um, I know people are going to bring up NF in the conversation, but if you actually sit down and listen to all of NF's albums, they're all I, they're they're all about his struggles. He's like Tom McDonald. He he had struggles. He had his mom leaving him and stuff like that. Now, NF, well, my eyes... Tom McDonald doesn't really talk about that in every single song. No. It, it used to be like that. But now that he's growing and stuff like that, he's actually pushing... Him and Nova are pushing themselves to bring out better music. And he's really talking about, you know how much he hates the hip hop industry because they're all targeting all these innocent people that are actually going through struggles 
and they're just trying to fish the money out of their wallets by talking about struggles when they actually haven't gone through it. And they're really pushing themselves to create like just upbeat music. I mean, just look at what he did with Mad Child. He's trying to get out of his personal ball. Like, yeah, he's trying to get out of his comfort zone. And that's why he did drugs, uh, dopest rappers under God to anyone who's asking. And, you know, that was stepping out of his comfort zone. And he actually talked about that on his live stream because all these people were like, you know, Tom McDonald says stuff that Tom McDonald will never say, you know, he's just like any other mumble rapper and stuff like that. Well, Tom McDonald went on his live stream and was like, I'm just trying to get out to more people, you know, more fans that enjoy that type of music. I didn't change or anything. And I mean, I see where he's coming from. The man's just trying to get bigger. He's just trying to, you know, push his music out to other people to see if he can bring in more fans. And I mean, I don't really blame him. That's exactly what I would do if I was a music artist. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to step outside of your comfort zone once in a while. I mean, I could sit here and talk about Tom McDonald all day. I just love what he's doing for the hip hop career. I love how he's really making a movement. And he was actually talking about, uh, he's wanting to drop an album this year with him and his girlfriend, Nova Rockefeller, which I can't wait for. I mean, I've heard uh, Nova sing in Bad News. and She had like a really nice vibe to her. Yeah, and she also uh, rapped in Sober. And, you know, she has a really good flow to her. She's actually made music before. And... I just can't wait to see what Tom McDonald and Nova are like combined. Now, some of my favorite songs that Tom McDonald's released is Sober and Bad News. I I think those kind of show what type of person he is. Because in Sober... He comes out saying, yo, what up? My name is Tom. A while back, I was an alcoholic. Had a breakdown like a year ago. Came close to put me in a coffin. Damn. All the drugs that he took, all the hookers that he loved and stuff like that. He goes through what he actually, you get to see that picture of who he really is. Same with Mad Child and Nova. I mean, they all they all push forward to improve themselves. And that's why I really like that song is you really see how much they improved and how much they, how much work they had to put in to get to where they are now. And they thank themselves every single day for it. Mm -hmm. And bad news. It's kind of embracing your flaws, dude. Mm. It like, how Nova starts out her verse. Hey, Daddy, I got some bad news. Bad news. I fell in love with some rap dude. Like, rappers get a bad name. Mm. And it's because of the mainstream artists. Again, that's why I love Tom McDonald. If you are a Tom McDonald fan, or 
I mean, go look up Tom McDonald on YouTube. Go and show him some love. But if you see what Tom McDonald looks like, he looks like a mainstream mumble rapper, but he is nothing like it. He is a complete opposite of a mainstream mumble rapper. And that's why I love Tom McDonald. And I think the music that really shines on what personality traits he has is, you know, I hate hip hop, uh, white boy, everybody hates me. Um, Fake fans. Well, fake fans is like him literally calling out the people who want to stir up problems in the comment section. Well, also, uh, this house, that's one of my favorites because it really uh, talks about him saying that his whole community has really is he built this house. He built this group of fans. He built this new side of hip hop. And all these fans are here to protect him. All these uh, people that are trying to come in and tear it down. You know, he's saying, um, I built this house with my days in and it's vacant. And they bury me with that only key. And my biggest fans go and break in with a Ouija board and a box of truck, blah, blah, blah. And he's mm-hmm. pretty much saying that even after he dies, his fans will still be there. And he's saying... Uh, then they'll sit on the roof with the rifles I hid in the fridge and the shooter and the men on the ridge who are coming to undo the work that I did is pretty much all those people that are coming in to kind of break down that community. And that's why he's so in touch with his fans because his fans have really been that blockade that have really helped push him up to where he is now and also shove away those haters that are trying to, you know, bring him down and trying to cut off his music career. And, I mean, starting off as a music artist, I'm sure, is hard because you get a lot of hate and stuff like that. And, again, that's why I love his song, This House, because he's pretty much saying that he worked his ass off to get the fans that he has now to get the listeners. And now that he has all this fans, he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't get what mm-hmm. shit what any other hater says. And he says that mm-hmm. any hater that tries to come in, like come in and tear us down, that he has a whole army by his side. And fuck it. I feel like I'm part of that army. I mean, I I I love everything that he has put out. Nothing has disappointed me. Every single song has such a good upbeat to it. You can vibe with it. I mean, I just I love what he's doing. Yeah, I I agree with you. Like I said in the beginning, before we when we started talking about Tom, like I said, he's not he's a very genuine artist and a very genuine rapper, and that's what I love about him. He's not mainstream. The older I get, and the more I learn about the music culture, because that's what I like to read about and listen mm-hmm. and just immerse myself into. Because you have all these artists, like, more in my realm, like, Cody Jinks, Cole Wetzel, Whiskey Myers, Tyler Chidlers, and all these guys who started out playing honky-tonks and stuff like that. And they're barely getting recognized. And some of these guys are, like, 40, 50 years old. But they resonate with the old country. Mm. 
Now, what you hear on the radio today is some Brett Michael or freaking Brett, whatever what his name is, Dan and Gay, freaking Florida Georgia Line, cookie cutter country. And it's the same thing with hip-hop. Joiner Lucas is super cookie-cutter. He talks about shooting up gang members and whatever. Well, even in... um, I'm not black or whatever. No, his song, Hell of It, when he was saying, uh, so what the fuck do y'all want? Wait, was it Hell of It? I think it was, it was either Dear Rappers. I think it was Dear Rappers. Uh, he was saying, "So what the fuck do y'all want? I could have a seizure like Wayne. I could just go OD like Peep. I could just go crazy like Yay, or might just get locked up like Meek. Like all these, uh, like all these people in the hip hop industry are pissed at him because he's something new. That's what people hate. They hate new stuff coming into their genre." And that's what I love about Tom McDonald. And that's why I'm so happy to see him really blowing up in the hip hop industry because he's really bringing back the old rap, like the old, um, how hip hop used to be. It didn't used to be anything like it is today where people are sitting there abusing drugs and abusing women and, you know, well, here's the thing. Uh, guns and stuff like that so that's why I, you, I really love Tom McDonald and you know he's pretty much saying that I'm nothing like these other rappers I'm not going to change I don't care if you like it or not and it's that type of attitude that is really getting him to where he is now so I know me and you are huge country artists, and we love rap too. Country artists, what's our country fans? Sorry, good god, all my music. It's been a long day. <laughs> uh, we love country music with all our hearts. Um, but what's your thoughts on Post Malone and some more mainstream rappers like that? I mean. I I actually do enjoy Post Malone. Um, again, he's not really like he. It kind of goes both ways. He is like the mainstream media, but at the same time, he's not. Um, you know, there was news going around that he was abusing drugs, and every, I mean, you saw his whole fan group trying to help him and stuff like that. You wouldn't see that with other rappers. You wouldn't see their fan group trying to reach out to them. They would just think, "Wow, that's cool. That's fucked up." on stage and stuff like that. But you could really see his fans trying to reach out to Post Malone and trying to help get him to be sober and not abuse these drugs because he showed up on stage and he was out of it. He was completely out of body and out of mind. And I mean, I really like what Post Malone does. Uh, I've watched him on an H3, H3 podcast, and he's a really funny guy. He has a nice personality. And, I mean, I, I enjoy his music, especially Psycho. I used to love that song. And, he, you know, his music is really good. Dude, I think – so, I was like you. I started out with Psycho. 
But first, I heard White Iverson. And I really didn't know who Post Malone was until I heard White I like until I went back and re-listened to White Iverson. But when I really got into Post Malone was with that psycho mm. with Ty Dolla. And I I thoroughly enjoyed that song. That song even though Ty Dollar is a super freaking mainstream artist and stuff like that. I enjoyed it. It's got a nice beat. Kind of mellows you out. Mm. And it, it, it gets you hyped. And that whole Beer Bongs and Bentley's album is a really good album. Mm-hmm. It's got Rockstar with 21 Savage. It's got Psycho with Ty Dollar. And where the album kind of falls apart for me is when he... And by the way, he writes all his music too, which is very impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it kind of falls off for me as like a person with Post Malone is when he does like when he does certain songs with certain artists. Like he has the song Same Bitches with G Easy. And it it's degrading and it kind of ruins him as an artist. Mm-hmm. You, you pump out these really good solid hits and I fall apart and I love that song his, his other acoustic album even go flex dude off of Stony mm-hmm. that is one of my favorite songs by post Malone and I think when he does certain songs with certain artists it kind of puts him out there to be someone he isn't when he really is someone who he really is. I mean, he did, he's not an artist like anyone else just for the sheer fact that he went on freaking the good mythical morning show with Rhett and Link. Mm. And he made a fool out of himself there. Same thing with Rhett and Link. Like, but that's what gives him his character. I, I like an artist who's going to just make an ass out of himself because in my eyes, that makes it more genuine than anything. Well, like I said, like you don't really see that with mainstream hip-hop artists. Like any, no, I you know, any other artist would probably, you know, deny and stuff like that. I mean, Rhett and Link is pretty much, you know, a kid's channel. It's, it's family-friendly. And, you know, for Post Malone to go on there and, you know, be himself and show character and stuff like that, even on H3H3 podcast, you know, you could really see his personality go come out. And if you haven't watched H3H3 podcast with Post Malone in it, I highly recommend it. It's funny. They talk about ghost stories and just Post Malone's music career and life and stuff like that and it's just it's just a really good podcast episode and i really enjoyed it but you know you don't really see that when mainstream fan or rappers are i mean i think he kind of lands in the middle i think he's going with his own style and saying hey i don't have to be like everyone exactly what how tom mcdonald is uh, but on some extent because he gets played on the radio so much i think he tries to be it's kind of in this happy medium area where everyone knows him but a lot of people don't Mm -hmm. 
and like his third album, Hollywood's Bleeding, that kickoff song, Hollywood's Bleeding, that's a great hook to that album. Oh, yeah. I, I I love how that hooked me in. And it made me want to listen to the rest of the album. And then when he did the song with Ozzy Osbourne, that is something you don't see with a lot of rappers. Uh-uh. Going against your grain and going out with a rock legend like Ozzy Osbourne and just singing something and rapping something from your heart. Mm. He even did a song on Ozzy's album too. Yep. Which is awesome. But I mean, I I like Post Malone. I wouldn't say I love him because some songs are hit or miss. Mm. But, I mean, Post Malone's really, really going for it. And I can see him being big and being up there with a lot of the big-time artists like N.W.A. and stuff like that. But, I mean, you you love hip-hop and rock and stuff like that. Um, but what what made you get into hip hop or rap or well that this like I said when I was uh in the past episodes growing up I was always a fan of Eminem and you know I always grew up listening to Eminem you know I was introduced to hip hop at such a young age so I was already in love with it and. You know, growing up, you know, kids were always listening to the new mainstream artists. And, you know, you got to listen to them to fit in. And, you know, the older I got, the more I drifted away from that because I just didn't really enjoy it. And, you know, that's what I I found. uh, Um. That's when I found people like NF and Logic. I was really into them. And then then more and more that I got older, I discovered Tom McDonald and Upchurch and Adam Calhoun and all those different guys. And, you know, they're different than mainstream hip-hop. And that's why I really grew on them is because they're really changing the game. They're really unique. And that's what I love about them. And that's why I'm such big fans of them is because they really are different than everyone else because the whole mainstream media rapper, whatever, it's all the same thing. Every song is about the same thing. And yeah, some of them are good, but a lot of them are just garbage. It's just like what Tom McDonald was saying, he's always bashing on the hip hop genre because it really is stupid how these people are making such a big profit over shit songs and they're really teaching a young audience to do all these bad things to treat women uh, disrespectfully to abuse drugs to you know people and tom mcdonald even said in one of his songs if you listen to trash 
or if you listen to garbage, then your head fills with trash or something like that. And that's pretty much what it is. If you listen to this garbage music, you're, especially at a young age, you're going to fill your head with this mindset that that is okay. And that's why I really love these guys because, the, you know, they're not really teaching anyone. They're putting out the music that people enjoy. They're putting out music that people relate to. They're not trying to teach a younger audience to do something that you shouldn't do. And, you know, I'm still a huge Eminem fan. I love Tom McDonald. I love Upchurch and I love Adam Calhoun. And it's because those guys are unique. They have their own unique kind of personality and music and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm, and that's why I enjoy hip hop. I don't enjoy the whole hip hop uh, mainstream, but I love the guys that, you know, don't stand out as much. I love the guys that are really pushing for something unique and not trying to be someone that, you know, they're not trying to fit in with the rest of the hip hop community. And again, that's why these Uh guys are getting so big is because, you know, listening to all these new rappers, listening to them rap about the same thing over and over and over again, and, you know, buying their albums and stuff like that, and then listening to their music, it all, you know, it sounds, the this album sounds the exact same as the last album, and that's just how it is. And these guys are pushing themselves to make the album better than the last. And, you know, that's what's making them bigger, is because they're putting out new stuff, they're having new meaning to it and stuff like that, so where their audience doesn't get bored with their stuff. And that's why, you know, that's why I love these rappers. Well, that's one thing I really love about Adam Calhoun, Upchurch, and NF and stuff like that is they're not afraid to put out an album. See, when you're in corporate freaking music industry, cookie, cookie cutter, everything, you are required to pump out six albums depending on your contract it's usually six albums and once your six albums are up you can either extend if they really like you and see how well your records do they sign you to another six album release or they'll just straight up cut you and you'll never hear from the country music scene again Mm -hmm. or any scene in general Eminem for example As soon as he released Recovery, how long was it until he dropped another album? Late 2017. Yeah. What it was that? It took a long break. It was like seven years. That album came out in 2009, I think. Mm -hmm. Recovery did 2009, 2010, and it. People say that's his best album. And then he came out with Kamikaze. And then... And then right, he surprised us after the album with Ed Sheeran. That 
absolutely sucked and was horrendous. And then he came out with music to be murdered by. He came out with Kamikaze and then music to be murdered by because he just surprised us with albums because he's trying to stay relevant. Now he has his own record label. He's trying to stay relevant. Mm -hmm. And that's what sucked. I mean, he shocked everyone when he came out with Godzilla and everyone was saying like rap God was the fastest rap and stuff like that. He was so good at it. But then he came out with Godzilla and people look at rap God and they just see it as Eminem just That's talking. Slow. Just normal. That talk. is slow compared to but Godzilla. Godzilla, you know, it's just fast pacing. It's just a speed dial. And that's what I love. About, that's what I love about uh, the song Godzilla is, you know, you could really tell that he was wanting to beat Rap God. He was wanting to give Rap God an upgrade because that's what you know was so popular about Eminem is how fast he can rap. Then he came out with Godzilla and crushed it. Personally, I freaking loved Godzilla. Yep. I think that song really signed out on music to be murdered by. That album was okay compared to Kamikaze. Kamikaze, even though us being Trump supporters and stuff like that, and how much he dissed on Trump, Kamikaze wasn't that bad. That album, that album actually stood up. I could listen to it. And then music to be murdered by. He got so much crap. For freaking doing a song with Juice World. Now Juice World is also one of those rappers. He, I I like some of his songs. Yeah. Juice World was a decent artist, and when he dropped the song with Juice World, everyone was saying that Eminem was clout chasing because he just died a couple months prior. Eminem even came out and said, I did the song way before he even Not only that, he posted on Twitter like a memorial thing for him. I I think Juice World had some... I think if he stayed in it longer and he didn't die, he would have succeeded. Oh, for sure. Especially getting... You know, Eminem fans and also Juice World's fans going to Eminem, you know, they, you know, Juice World would have skyrocketed. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that song. I thoroughly enjoy Juice World. It, it's like Bandit. I like how they made memes off of that song. Like how the beginning is like just gibberish. And then when he comes in on the track. He actually spit some decent bars. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, I look at artists like, okay, you're doing this now. What can you improve? Yeah. Like the artist itself. Now, Lil Peep and XX Tentacion and stuff like that. Lil Peep, I think he had potential too. But he... He was too far into drugs to even see where he was going. Well, he wasn't even in the hip-hop industry for that long. No. 
And he made a huge impact, too. He made a huge impact on Post Malone. I don't know. I wasn't really ever a big fan of Lil Peep. I never really got into any of his music and stuff like that. So There's a couple songs that I really like, but as an artist as a whole, I'm not a huge fan. But I can give credit where credit's mm-hmm. due. He's a decent artist. Now, XX, he's garbage. I, 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 can't, I can't listen to it. Because you look at the first song he's he released was "Look at Me," and then he goes to "Moonlight" and "Sad" and like that crap like that. He he's confused. I can't tell if he's a hardcore rap artist or a freaking R and B singer. I did enjoy "Moonlight." Moonlight wasn't that bad. I think it was sad that I actually bought to thoroughly listen to but I just and what sucks about those two artists is the record labels that took their name are pushing out songs that they had together and stuff like that at that point you're just making money off the name well like it goes back to what I was talking about how little these guys like you know Tom McDonald Upchurch Adam Calhoun and, you know, Jelly Roll, Leroy Briggs, and all these other artists, you know, people shoot shots at them not knowing what to expect. They're just expecting no feedback or no answer and stuff like that. And they try and take body shots at them. But you don't want to fuck with them. I mean, you saw what happened with Screwface when he dropped a diss track on Upchurch, Upchurch came back and destroyed him. And it also with uh, Tom McDonald and uh, Mac Lethal. Mac Lethal talked shit on him on Twitter. And, you know, Tom McDonald retweeted it and destroyed him in a comment. And then uh, Mac Lethal was being destroyed by Tom McDonald's fans. And Mac Lethal was like, dude, like, it wasn't about you and stuff like that. Well, that's when Tom McDonald came out with a diss track called Mac Lethal Sucks, you know, destroying him in that. And then Mac Lethal came out with a diss track on him. And that shit was garbage. It was like baby talk. There was no bars or anything. It was just stupid. He was making fun of his hair and stuff like that. And then how he was a wrestler. Yeah, and stuff like that. And then that's when Tom McDonald dropped Lethal Injection. And, dude, it destroyed him. Just destroyed him. And really went, just dove deeper and deeper into Match, or not Match Out, Mac Lethal's life and really just dove deep into information. And that's what these guys are known for. They're known for Knit like picking out little small details that the fans never knew about, but they knew about, and putting it in the song to make their fans go, "Wait, really? That happened? Like, that's fucked up." You know, especially for. I think what really blew the rap 
battle and diss track thing that really like wanted people to push for it. You know, Mac Lethal and Tom McDonald and Upchurch and Screwface is the beef between Eminem and MGK. I think that's what really sparked the rap battle yeah. genre. And that's what people really got yeah. into. And people were hyped about it and stuff like that. And so, you know, there was all these other rappers that started nitpicking at other rappers. And, you know, all these rappers are trying to do is just push out music to their fans and bring in new listeners. But all these other rappers are like, oh, I'm going to destroy this kid, you know, not knowing what they're getting themselves into. But what they don't know is they're messing with a lyrical genius. And they get destroyed every time. Yeah, I. So, what I think, MGK, 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 whatever you want to call him, he had balls to go and diss a legend like Eminem. He had balls, but the way he went about dissing Eminem was terrible. He. I honestly don't see it as him having balls to do it. I just see it as a low blow. Eminem came out with three or four songs dissing him. MGK didn't come out with a single other diss track. MGK went on stage on a concert and tried rapping Rap Devil. And he got booed off stage. Yeah, because people freaking... I don't see it as him having balls to do something like that. I see it as a cloud chaser. I mean, his career was already going down the drain. MGK isn't that great. Well, that's why you see him getting into acting. is because his music is going down the shitter. So he's got to find a new outlet. So, but what's your take on Jelly, Jelly Roll and Struggle Jennings? And that duo. I mean, again, I think they really do have potential to get better, you know, to, you know, really skyrocket. And, you know, they're unique. They actually talk about struggles, too, that they've gone through. And, you know, they're still fighting them to this day. And they're really hitting the hearts of people that are actually going through that. And that's why they're getting the love and support that they're getting now is because they're putting out music that is really relatable to people that have walked in their shoes. So when you talk about, like when you look for an artist to listen to, what is the first thing you start to listen? Like, what do you look for? Do you look for their appearance, their personality? I look for, you know, unique meanings, something that has never been said before. Again, that's why I love Tom McDonald. It's because nobody has really well-blowed the hip-hop community like he has. Well, Upchurch has done the same, but, I mean... It's a low-blow. Yeah, like, he's never really low-blowed the hip-hop saying, you know, fuck these mumble rappers. Nobody has ever really come out with a song saying, you know what, fuck hip-hop. Fuck what they're doing nowadays. Hip-hop is garbage. Because it's just nothing but mumble rappers. 
and nobody has really said anything about it. No. Because you, you want to know the reason why? It's money. Yep. The mumble rap community, like Future and Migos and Meek Mill and all these other mumble rappers who can just freaking sit there and just freaking have marbles in their mouth, they get to succeed. But an artist like Tom McDonald or Upchurch or Adam Calhoun, who's barely been in the rap game for that long, go out and say fuck you to the industry and just say you know what this is this is what I'm going to be putting out if you don't like it then don't listen to it and it brings like one thing that I really like about Johnny Cat or Johnny Cat no I'm going somewhere (laughs) with that like who the fuck is just in time me and you went and saw him in concert mm-hmm. at the gym in Idaho Falls. When we saw him, it was amazing. And when he came up to us, we were four country boys from Idaho Falls who listened to his music, Upchurch's music, Adam Calhoun's music. And we... we knew every single word to Rebel Till I Die. And everyone else was vibing. And he came up to us because he saw that we were we knew every word to the song. So he came up behind us and he started rapping with us. Yeah, I uh, I have it somewhere, but I actually took a Snapchat video of him uh, singing the Rebel Till I Die song to my phone. And I, he looked into the camera and, you know, he said it and everything. And I love that Snapchat video to this day. And he had no problem signing what we wanted to be signed. He sat there and talked to us. He had no problem, you know, talking to one of his fans. And you got to realize this dude has played almost every mud park in the United States. Yep. So he's well known. Same thing with Up Church. If a kid, if someone spots him in the parking lot and be like, "Hey, dude, not trying to be weird. I just love your music." Up Church will sit there and take pictures. Well, with you. remember on his Instagram when he was at, uh, it was some fast food place, but one of the ladies came out and was, uh, wanting to, you know have something to sign and stuff like that and she was a big fan upchurch grabbed a pen signed his lighter that he was lighting his blunt with and gave it to her what mm-hmm. a badass and that's what i like johnny johnny cash was exactly like that upchurch is the new way johnny cash and he says that in his song johnny cash and legend. He he is the new Johnny Cash. He is the new outlaw. He's the new Elvis. Because he doesn't give a fuck. 
And the reason why you haven't heard of Upchurch, and you've only heard them on YouTube and on your Spotify and on your Pandora or whatever music streaming device you use, is because of us. Us as the fans. Mm -hmm. We push out his music. Now, he could take the easy way out and go to the Nashville corporate office and sign a record deal, and you'll be hearing him all over the radio. Mm -hmm. But Upchurch doesn't want that. It's like that song in uh, Quit Lying, where he says he pushes out albums like Candy Bars. Mm -hmm. I I want an artist who's going to drop music 24-7. That's why I love Upchurch so much. That's why I love Adam Calhoun so much. And that's why I love Tom McDonald. I mean, he... He drops a song almost every week with the video. Yep. Yep, with a music video to follow behind it. And, you know, again, that's why I love these guys is because they really connect with their fan base. Because, you know, with... When Tom McDonald and Nova barely just started dating, they barely had any money to support their music career. And that's why, like what I said earlier in this podcast, when they went to a recording studio and they only got, they could only afford an hour worth of shooting and it blew up and they got a lot of revenue out of it. And same thing with, I think it was either Sad Rappers or Deer Rappers. That was one of Tom McDonald's first music videos. And, you know, that was at a very, very low budget. And that blew up too. And, you know, you can really see how Tom McDonald's and Upchurch's fan base are really similar because they both started off was such a low budget and the fan base really were their stepping stones to where they are today. Well, you look at Tom's first videos and then you look at out churches. They're both very low quality. I would consider cell phone videos. They're still really good though. They're so good. Mm -hmm. Like, I think what Upchurch's first video was, I think, Dirty Boys. And you can tell how low quality that video is. You can hear how low quality that song is. But that doesn't take away the fact of what the song's trying to tell you. I don't care how good of a quality you put into your production and stuff like that. What I want to hear is if it relates to me. If I going to hear it again and again and again? Am I going to be able to listen to it and enjoy it? Like in Truck Talks, we had Dirty Boys for our intro for like 20 videos. Yep. But when I hear that song, it's iconic to me now. That was our first intro. Uh, And then it went to High Idea 6. And I still love that song, dude. And then, then we you went to the instrumental and stuff like that. And I just love certain songs for certain reasons. It, music's always going to be a part of your life, no matter what. 
And going back onto that Justin Time deal, when he came out, he was coming out to vibe with the crowd, and then he saw us. And out of 400 people inside that small building, he sees four country boys with Browning and Bass Pro Shop hats and cowboy boots. He goes to what he sees at every concert of his. He goes to a, you know, a group of people that, you know, really relate to. And he wasn't wearing cowboy boots or freaking rebel flag. No, he was wearing a rebel flag sweatshirt. I forgot. But he he was sitting there talking to us. Nope. He enjoyed our company. We're like, hey, Justin, dude, your new album is awesome. Your shows that you put on are amazing. Fuck, we literally said fuck Hozier. And he gave us props for that, dude. Because us as fans, I consider us not just followers. But you look at what, like the Katie Noel situation. When Upchurch put out a video explaining 10 minutes of what happened, and then Katie Noel, a week and a half later, puts out a video that's an hour and a half long, (laughs) claiming she's not a child, but continues to do childish acts. That's why you go to the Mm -hmm. other party. It's the same thing with the Adam Calhoun and Hosier situation. Same thing with Church and Hosier. And just in time. It, you're a bitch, Hosier. You, you're dirty. You're, you don't, you're backstabbing slimy common and shit. You stink. You are garbage at rapping. You are garbage at everything that you're putting out. The reason why you got big is because of names like Elk Church and Adam. Preach it, brother. And that's what some artists have to do. Me and you were watching videos back on Truck Talks. And we're just going from our first video all the way up to your most current. And we get, go to the Queen of the South. And we were watching it. And I said it. I'm like, dude, I don't think she's serious about this shit. She, it, she just doesn't flow. And you're like, she's clout chasing it. She's trying to ride up Church's dick. And guess what? It, 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 <laughs> we were correct. Yep. We called it. you want to go watch that go and uh subscribe to truck talks yeah you can go watch the prediction at freaking truck talks and also go and subscribe to backwards entertainment thank you thank you shameless plug but and me and Braden, we listen to music so often that we find little things 
listening to older songs from an artist and then going back and hearing their new stuff. Like the other night where we were sitting here listening to music, talking on the phone, and I put on country. And Church said, I'm not going to be a country artist who's going to be on Billboard number one, but I damn sure know you and your buddies are going to know every daggone Mm -hmm. word. And then it clicks in our head, and Upchurch just got put on Billboard number one for best country album. So, like, we just, it was a click. And that's one thing that I love about music. If you go back and listen to old stuff, you can see the stuff that they succeeded. Mm. And I, I don't know, man. I just, artists like Tom McDonald, Upchurch, Adam Calhoun. I know you love Adam Calhoun. I know you loved his freaking last oh, yeah. album more. His last album? His last album was Hooligan. With Upchurch. The album prior yeah. to that. I know you love that album. Clean Money, Freaking War, Tombstone, Crazy White Boy. That whole. Dude, I love Crazy White Boy because he, he takes that mental health issue that no everyone likes to talk about. Or what about uh, and World Went to Waste 2.0? Okay, when he did that song and redid it with Demon Jones, dude, I freaking loved it. I don't care what anybody else says. It's not Denim Jones. It's Demon. It When he, the first line he comes out with, white people racist, not black, so everybody talks shit, not facts, though. At that point, you get pissed off as a person because that's what you hear. White people are racist. No, we're not. But when black people are racist, it's okay. If you really think about it, you know, cracker and white trash and all that stuff, it's equivalent to the N-word. It really is. Like it or not, it is. It's just like every other racial slur. And it goes back to white boy. It goes back to, you know, these people trying to make it into the rap career and they're getting called racist and stuff like that because they're wanting to try something new and they're rappers that are white. And, you know, they're getting called racist and all that stuff. Like, I, you know, I have black friends that support the rebel flag. I have black friends that, you know, listen to the same stuff that I do. And, you know, I'm good buddies with them. They don't see me as a racist or anything. It seems like the white culture is the ones that are getting more offended over racial slurs than black folk. Oh, no doubt, dude. Well, you know, like I was saying, it's just, you know, black people are racist too. But, you know, also white people. But white people are getting the, you know, the shit end of the stick. White people are usually getting, you know, thrown under the bus for it and stuff like that. Like I said, it, 
like I said, you know, plenty of black people have texted me saying like, I love your videos and stuff like that. Even though, you know, I shoot videos in my room and there's a big ass rebel flag right behind me. And I, no matter what, mm-hmm. I see it as heritage. I don't see it as anything racist or anything. Yeah, it was used as a racist way. But don't you think as a Republican, I could use a rebel flag that our ancestors used to think was racist back in the day? And now Democrats used to use the rebel flag in a racist way back in the day, and now they see it as discrimination? Back then, if we would be labeled Democrats. The Democratic Party flipped on what they see. And like you said, white people are getting the shit out of the stick. Whether you like it or not. Yeah, there is still, you know, racist white people. But like I said, there is, you know, other cultures that are racist to white people. And there's no praise for it. I mean, yeah, the Black Lives Matter, like, Black Lives Matter movement. Like, yeah, Black Lives Matter. But also white people, Asian people, every everyone matters. But it's only focused on black people. And, you know, it's not always white people killing black people, you know. A black person can kill another black person. An Asian person can kill a black person. An Asian person can kill an Asian person. People kill people. Everyone just needs to be equal. Human nature. There shouldn't be any other, like, so-and-so lives matter. Well, so do others, you know? And, you know, we're not trying to be racist or anything, but it's the honest truth. People should be equal and, you know, nobody should be calling someone else a racist and all this stuff. You know, I mean, Upchurch and Adam Calhoun and Tom McDonald and all these others are getting called racist when, no, they're not. They're putting out music for everyone to enjoy and for people to say that their races. I mean, just look at the song that uh, Tom McDonald just came out with not that long ago, about a month ago, called Blame the Rappers when he did it with Drax. Or when, I mean, you see No Life Shack, Mile High, Simba reacting to Upchurch, really getting into his music and stuff like that. It it just... Dude, what about about the song Racism by Adam Calhoun? That is a perfect example. And he reached out to fans of his that are black and they couldn't agree with the song more. They love the song. They love the meaning behind it. But it's but it's the people that hate it. And I'm not going to lie, a lot of people will believe me on this. But a lot of white people are fucking dumb. A lot of the time, I am disgusted to call myself a Caucasian. Because, you know, 
you don't see black people, you know, you don't see Asian people, you don't see Mexicans and all this stuff. You don't see them getting offended like white people do. White people are the most no sensitive like people on this planet. Now, hold on. Now, now let's kind of back that up and let's be more specific. The white well, people yeah, like today, back in the day, you know, it they weren't dude, sensitive at all. And nowadays, you know, you say one thing and you can get the cops called on you. It it goes back to the song Old Days by Upchurch. Throwing hands didn't like yeah. two months in jail. You know, you could say what you want. You know, you threw hands to uh, resolve issues. And, uh, you know, there was just a lot less drama. And now, Yep. And I think that came a lot with social media, too. I was lucky enough to grow up in between the times where I didn't grow up with a cell phone in yep. my hand. I had, I had a, a home phone. To call my friends. Where I would play the original Xbox mm-hmm. up until three years ago. And I'm old school as hell. Yep. And if anyone knows that, it's you. Well, you know that I'm old school, too. Oh, yeah. Yep. Our whole friend group is old school, except a couple. We got our ass. And that's what I said in our last episode is, you know, there's all these spoiled ass kids that can do whatever they want. I mean, you see freaking first graders walking around school with brand new iPhones and brand new Samsungs and stuff like that. But I mean, I was in like fifth or sixth grade when I got my first phone and it was a freaking Blackberry dude. And yeah, I was, I didn't get my first phone yep. until I was out of high school. Because, quite frankly, I could give less about a phone. Mm. But I needed it so I could use it for work. I, When I was younger, I was building jumps with my buddies. I was out riding my bike until the streetlights came on, and that's when I had to go home. I was jumping off the tip top of the freaking playground, trying to be cool in front of the neighborhood girls. Yeah, I skinned my knees, I hurt my head, and me and my girlfriend were talking about this earlier today when we were driving down to Pocatello. When your parent, like when you hit your head on the coffee what table, what did you learn? What did your grandpa say? 
Yeah. Are you not? You're not going to do that again, are you? <laughs> it yeah. only takes one time for a kid to learn. Pain. Pain is the greatest teacher on the planet. And you want and the government wanting to take our guns away. The only reason why these these shooter shootings and stuff are, are happening are because kids are not getting their ass whooped when they were punished. They're getting everything handed to them. So they're socially retarded. And they can't function in freaking society. And so they snap and they think they need to go shoot up a school. Or like that dude from the Vegas shooting. He had no he he had no terrorist background. Mm-hmm. And he had no mental health. It's usually a snap of the finger. Something traumatic happens and it makes people go AWOL. That dude who shot from the Mandolin Bay Hotel and caused one of the most destructive mass shootings in U.S. history. There was nothing wrong with him. He just snapped. It's a fit. Nope. It's a fit of rage. And how you and how you discipline that is honestly punishing your kid when they are younger. Now, I had friends that had severe anger issues to the point where they couldn't freaking be in class because of how hyperactive they were and how mentally retarded they were. It's because they weren't beat. So they had bits of freaking well, rage. it's not necessarily the because they the weren't beat. I mean... I wasn't really spanked and beat when I was a kid. I mean, occasionally I was spanked, but it was rarely. But, I mean, you like, yeah, I have not necessarily anger issues, but a lower anger tolerance. So if, you know, I can get pissed off easily if you fuck with me and it takes a while for me to calm down. But it's not necessarily beating your child. It's raising them with respect. It's raising them with a mindset to respect others and to treat everyone, you know, the golden rule. To treat others the way you wanted to be treated. And that's how I was raised on. And like I said, it's not necessarily hitting your kids. It's just putting them in the right mindset. Well, when I say beating your kids, I'm not like, I mean discipline. Like, say, you're being disrespectful towards your mom and you're kicking and screaming. An ass whooping usually takes care of that. It's discipline. Now, beating your kids open-handedly and just wailing on them, that's going to cause problems. But what I'm trying to say is 
discipline your kids to a point where they yeah. know what respect is. And some kids learn it better than others. I know I had a little bit of a problem with it, and I got spanked for it. I got, like, my dad, he got so sick and tired of my shit when I was freaking 16 years old. He grabbed his belt, and he freaking bent me over and whooped my ass. Because I was getting too big for my britches. And the older you get, the more you it clicks in your head. When you're young and your parents spank you and stuff like that, you think they're not, they don't love you. But they do. They're doing it so you can become a better person and you're raised to be a better and, person than ever. Yeah, and branching else. off of what you're saying, it's, you know, we're, we were born onto this planet to reproduce just like any other animal. That's the only reason why we're here is to grow up and reproduce and that's really how it is for you know your parents giving you the right mindset it's not only so you can grow up to be a better person but it's also if you are wanting children to you know uh to teach them to have the right mindset just like as you were taught when you were growing up that's all your parents want. Well, the parents that do care. I mean, there's a lot of them nowadays that could barely even give a shit, but, you know, a lot of them, they want their kids to have kids when they're older. And they're, they want to teach their kids to, you know, grow up to be something, to grow up to be their best. And I'm glad my parents raised me like that. Yeah, I got spanked. Yeah, me too. I'll openly admit it. I got whooped. And I got grounded and I got everything taken away from me at one point. I got my door taken off the hinges because I was being disrespectful. And I was tearing up crap mm-hmm. that I shouldn't have. But the older I got, the more respectful I got. And me and my dad have gotten into it. And Mm. it's a learning process. Your parents are learning as they go. And you're learning as you go. And that's one of those things. You, you you learn as you go. And if you're a firstborn and your parents are letting your younger siblings do stuff that you didn't do when you were younger, it's because they saw that it didn't yeah. really work. So it's one of those things. They, it's mm. learning. It's a learning process for everyone. Where are we at for time? How long have we been on here? I think it's... Yeah, I think that's a good note to end on, but this has been episode number five of the Kicking It With The Hicks podcast. Thank you for listening all the way to the end, if you have. 
Um, go follow our social medias. Go listen to the past episodes if you haven't yet, where we linked our social medias and talked about all that good stuff. And uh, make sure to go to YouTube and subscribe to Truck Talks and Backwoods Entertainment. And we talked about uh, Tom McDonald and Upchurch and Adam Calhoun and Leroy Briggs and Jelly Roll and all those and Struggle Jennings, Demon Jones. I mean, we talked about all those guys. Make sure to go to YouTube and show them some love and support. Um, but anyways, guys, I'm Braden. We'll see you guys in the next episode.